This show is brought to you in part by GoDaddy.com. Get $96 in free extras with your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Each domain name includes free hosting with a website builder, a free blog, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a listener of the World of Warcast podcast, enter code WARCAST, that's W-A-R-C-A-S-T, and save an additional $5 off any order of $30 or more. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Podcasting to all of Azeroth, this is World of Warcast. I am Starman. And I am Renata. And this is special episode 56, where we finally, well, I shouldn't say we, you did all the work, gathering together people for our Druid Roundtable. Yes, um, we've discovered that working with groups of people in this fashion is has its own technical challenges. And one thing that you'll notice <laughs> is the audio quality of that segment is not going to be up to par with our usual standards. The reason being we recorded this on Ventrilo because mm-hmm. of the number of people that we had. We had three guests. We wanted to kind of keep it small for this first one simply because we were just working with a lot of technical unknowns and mm-hmm. there were some... It was a good thing because we had some technical issues while we were recording it. And uh, I did. What? <laughs> I did. Okay, I was you did. Of, you had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you I, had tech- like everything always works flawlessly except that one time when you really, really need it to work and then it's. <laughs> So um, we're definitely going to continue on with this series. We're probably not going to be doing a class roundtable for every episode. Um, between now and when we're finished with them, but uh, definitely going to be gathering up the next group. Now, Mm -hmm. since I already said that I'm going to be doing these in alphabetical order, I think the Hunter is next. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, alphabetical orders is as good as any. But um, we'll be doing that. Warlock would be last. Last but not least. Let's think of it that way. Okay, <laughs> so this week has been—it's um, been a little slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, I just want to mention that it's been a big week for the Second Skin guys who oh, are yes. now in Austin, plugging their movie, and I am excited about the fact that I can't make it to South by Southwest because it was probably the busiest weekend of the entire season. <laughs> for me and I can't leave the house. Well, so I I I can't go. You had more imp- you have more important things to handle. I have family things to deal with, but um daughter's birthday, that's yeah. much more important. Yeah, it is. But, but you know, how many times do you get to go to a movie premiere that you're in? So <laughs> um I know, but it might it might be, you know, in the local area, so I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed for a number of reasons, especially since I'm getting emails from people saying, "Oh, I'm going to South by Southwest, are you?" I'm like, "Can't." <laughs> well, I tried. I, I tried working it out and I I just couldn't couldn't do it. Having just purchased a house a couple of months ago, I really couldn't justify the expense of going down there. But I am having um, friends up this weekend, and we're going to go see Avenue Q. So really cool. looking forward to that. 
It's a nice little uh, kids show, right? <laughs> yeah, with full puppet nudity. <laughs> They're making a huge deal on all the local stations about how this is puppets, but it's not a kids show. And I'm yeah. sure that they've done this because, I mean, this is the show that has had songs like The Internet is for Porn. And <laughs> that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as that's concerned. I'm sure that they've had parents show up with these little kids who are outraged when these puppets uh, oh, nice sure. friendly puppets are, you know, have profanity spilling out of their mouths. So <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure it's happened. Hey, Bert. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> it's really just been Karazhan again. What happened was since last week, the list of items that you're going to be able to buy with 2.4 patch badges had come out and they're all on Wowhead. And there's just some amazing stuff. And since I'm probably not going to be raiding Black Temple anytime soon, it's probably worth it to just go the easy route, get the badges. And I was talking to a couple of people today or yesterday about how the badge rate in Karazhan is much better than it is in ZA, for example. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it makes almost makes more sense to just run Karazhan to get back. Oh, sure. If- and not only that, but I've seen a lot of people outside Karazhan lately, mm-hmm. more than usual. Right. And so, yeah, I think people are just working on badges. I think I have 80, 87 now. Mm-hmm. I'm working on the um, the blade, the 247 spell damage blade. Yep. That's going to be my big thing. Everything else is like secondary, but I really got to get that blade. Well, I've sort of been working on it between my Hunter and my Warlock because my Warlock could use some of the really nice upgrades, but they're not as big an upgrade as it would be for my Hunter, who is level 70 and still wearing level 62 green auction house shoulders. Mm -hmm. And she is very, very ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, uh, even though the Druid segment is going to come up later, uh, the Druid segment inspired me to fire up my Druid again on the Alliance side because I had so much trouble the, um, after Burning Crusade came out leveling her up because <clears throat> I was so used to playing Balanced, and Balance was slow, and now she's all healing, and that's slow when you're soloing. But then I think you have, you reminded me, or somebody, I don't remember, I have to go back and listen to it, but somebody reminded me that the gear now was changed. The healing gear now has both healing and damage. Yes. So I, I went out, do-do-do, in Hellfire Peninsula, you know, right outside um, the, the Alliance spot, and uh, I started leveling, and it was painfully slow even with the extra damage gear. So, of course, I would probably have to spec for balanced. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just didn't do that yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just mm, can't get into playing a druid anymore. <laughs> I know you're I addicted just, to a mage. Every time you say, "Oh, I think I may start." No, I think I'll start. I start another mage. I'm like, no, I'll no, I'll tell. <sighs> I know. I I tell people like, "Oh, don't bother us in game." I actually started a mage on Earthen Ring. Um, what happened was a while ago. Um, I had started a, a, a character on Earthen Ring, and I had mentioned it before. I mentioned that I, uh, I started a character named Starman on Earthen Ring, and it was an orc, and I had no idea what it was. It was just a placeholder. And 
I was talking to Veronica Belmont about a week or so ago, and she sort of mentioned again, it's like, oh, you know, why don't you just you know, like start a character on Earthen Ring? So I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. You know, what the heck? I mean, I was I was just like really not into like grinding level 70 stuff. So I went to Earthen Ring, and I said, I don't really want to play an orc. So, of course, I started a Blood Elf Warlock. And I played around them for about 10 minutes, and I just went, no. Not digging it. So what do you think I did? You have to get to twenty. I got I got my other mate and my other warlock to twenty three, and I I just couldn't get into it. So anyway, I have a level twelve blood elf mage on Earthen Ring named Starman. So wave high slash wave. Yeah. (laughs) And and the camera Ren's Ren's looking at me like, oh god, not another mage. (laughs) Well, I've I've been. as, I'm good at as it. I've mentioned before, I've been playing a hunter on uh, an alliance server, and I've been doing the reputation experiment, which mm-hmm. um, I may talk about oh, right. more in depth on mm-hmm. the next episode, because she dinged 40, mm-hmm. and she is, she's a Draenei, and she is exalted with Darnassus and Stormwind and Ironforge. So she That's has very impressive. all three mounts, and it's not even that hard anymore. You just kind of have to know how to do it. And before, mm-hmm. you know, peop- I posted some things about this on my blog, and people are saying, well, you couldn't have done this except uh, there was the Lunar Festival. And I said, yes, I only got nine coins from the Lunar Festival, which is 675 rep, but I yeah, lost 3,000 rep by not doing any of the instances. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't actually come out ahead as a result of doing that. Oh, you did the cloth turnins. Yeah, well, I did the cloth turnins, but I couldn't do any of the repeatable ones because you don't get those until level 50. Until 50. How did you get the money for your mounts? Mining. On this particular mm. server, Smart. mining is incredibly lucrative. I could sell as much copper as I could churn out for two gold and 20 silver a stack. Mm-hmm. And... Bronze was going for three gold a stack. Mm-hmm. Silver ore is going for a gold a piece. Mm-hmm. And oh, gold sure. ore was going for a gold 50 a piece. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about doing that with this new mage that I have on Earthen Ring. And I thought, well, if I don't do enchanting now, when I'm farming the greens and everything, I'm going to regret it. Mm-hmm. And then the tailoring, of course, has to go along with it. I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is a big mistake. And I really don't know what I'm going to do. I, I might change it to mining because one of the ways that I made the 5,000 gold on my alliance farming mage was from uh, mining and herbalism specifically. And I made that money fast. So, yeah, I, I could see what you're saying about making that money well, with by the, mining. Because I was spending so much time in the newbie <coughs> zones, I was selling a lot of copper. Uh, mm-hmm. By the time that she reached level 40, I had over 300 gold in the bank. Yeah. And in the bank, meaning on my auction mule. And uh, I was also skinning, which is also a lot more lucrative on that server than it is at home. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I just bought all three mounts. And now that mm-hmm. they change it, so once you have the riding skill, which is the expensive part, the mounts are fairly cheap. They're only nine, like nine gold each. Mm-hmm. Um. There, I was go. I went up to the docks in Menethil, up 
to the boat that goes over to Theramore. Mm-hmm. And there were these two drain eyes sitting on the on the uh, docks, each on their elephants. And so I just pulled up between them and hit off the ram mound. And I got one, <laughs> I got exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point from them. And I said, oh, you don't like the ram, huh? And I changed to the cat. And I get exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Exclamation point. I said, oh, no cat, huh? Changed to the horse. He goes, how did you do that? <laughs> had a great conversation with the guy. It was great fun. It was very, very satisfying because I had just bought all three mounts. Mm-hmm. So I could get a little it's chance really to show off. <laughs> Maybe I'll try that on Earthen Ring. And um, by the way, I'm not in Alea Est, even though um, that was my goal, and and that's what Veronica invited me to do. But um, I'm not I'm not joining the guild yet because I just want to sort of do things on my own at the moment. And and I don't mean that in the way like don't bother me, like 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 I was saying before on, on Whisperwind. It's more like I just want to um, I want to focus on what I can do. So, Cause it seems like every time I start a new character, I try to do things a little differently. I try to let le- like one time and be, well, let's see how fast I can level. Let's see how much money I can make. Let, you know, like that. Well, see now um, you could do how many s- factions can you become exalted with? Before yeah. That's actually bored. not a bad thing to try because right now I'm still in, um, you know, that level 12 area. I haven't made it to Ghostlands yet, mm-hmm. even though I do have the quest to go there. Um, I really despise Ghostlands, so I've really been avoiding it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I oh, just don't like it. <laughs> well, the reason that well, first off, if you're if if you're thinking about doing other factions, um, you're not going to get much in Ghostlands. You're going to get a little bit of Undercity faction. Mm-hmm. But the thing I don't like about Ghostlands actually is I, I like and I do like. It depends on what your goals are. The faction there is split. A lot between the Blood Elf faction and Tranquilium. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I did get to Exalted with Tranquilium on my uh, Blood Elf Mage on Whisperwind very fast. Yeah, and if you hit Exalted yeah. with Tranquilium, there is kind of a nice blue cloak that you get from it. Mm-hmm. But if your purpose is getting faction, first of all, as a Blood Elf, you don't care about your home faction if you're right. trying to get other ones but secondly if, even if you're trying to get i i did the math I, i'm going to double check this before the um before the the cast that i do on the, the segment that i do on player reputation i'm not sure that it's mathematically possible to become exalted with blood elves prior to level 40 simply because there mm. just are not the quests available yeah right? i understand what you're and saying it's particularly you have a particular problem with that split with the faction between um, Tranquilian and Blood Elves and some Undercity faction that you get mm-hmm. in Ghostlands. But that's for a whole other segment. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to all... check that first. And if anyone has had any, rep- had any experience trying to raise Blood Elf reputation for the purposes of, of riding the, the pink chicken, uh, please let Chocobo. me know. I would like to hear your experiences on it. Actually, if you have, if anybody out there has a link of the mathematics behind it, that would be the best. Well, I, I know some of the mathematics behind it because I, cre- I started keeping track of my gains and spreadsheets and exactly how things like sympathetic reputation work. Oh, okay. So I know the math. You'll okay. just have to, you'll just have to come and record the next episode with me. Like you do everywhere. Every like I do all the time. And find wow. out. Oh, man, it'll be special. 
that'll be a real hardship. Yeah. Um, oh man. So other than that, I I mean I've been playing her, but I've I've also joined an arena team with my with my hunter on Whisperwind, and that's been a lot of fun. We don't win Has a lot. It- Yes, I, I like it more. I'm terrible at it. I'm oh, I'm because I've been asked. Like the guys, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to join, and I just went. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible at it. Oh, so am I. We're all terrible at it. Just, just come, just come by on Mondays and and do it anyway. We have a lot of fun when we do it. I've I've done it for the last two Mondays. We have a great time, and I think the first week I lo- we lost six out of 10 games and mm-hmm. the second we lost seven out of 10 games but we still had a lot of fun and i find them more fun than battlegrounds it's just silly hmm. well you, you do take, get different gear with things, with uh, arena anyway you take things more seriously in that regard than i do i'm i'm happy to suck no. sometimes <laughs> oh, oh i see what you mean well it's no 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 it's not it's not so much that i take it more seriously it's not like if i go in i would have to like do awesome or something it's just i'm just i'm bad I, so I'm, am i it's... don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get better you know it's that's the thing and when you do win it's kind of fun so yeah. um so anyway there were a few bits of news um we already mentioned about the the badger wards in 2.4 and some badger, of those badger, being... badger, 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 don't don't even get that song stuck in my head. He started singing the Badger Badger Mushroom song to me before we started recording. Now that thing is stuck in my head. I even wrote Badger on my list instead of Badger. <laughs> when we were going over the was, notes, yes. she wrote down Badger instead of Badges. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> but definitely it's worth going out and getting the Badges. Kara is really good for that. Um, I've been running a lot of Kara recently just grinding badges having fun Mm -hmm. with that and that's a really you know some of those rewards that you can get from that are are quite nice Mm. um yeah also uh 2.4 i was looking over the general forums today and someone on the general forums brought up a really good point (laughs) that with the removal of the kara keying requirement now when you go into kara well now being when 2.4 comes when out. When 2.4 comes out. Little time shift there. Um, when 2.4 comes out, only one person in the group will need to have the Kara key. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about that last time that uh, really I don't think that that was really necessary, but whatever. That with the removal of the Kara key attunement, the most difficult and time consuming attunement quest. Left to the game is Anixia. It's Anixia. You know, Ren had mentioned that to me um, it was sometime this afternoon or something, and I, I just thought about it and I laughed because I, I actually try to get my Anixia attunement on whatever tunes I have mm-hmm. because it's good for rep and it's really good for experience. But man alive, that quest to do. Uh, why am I blanking? A Black Rock. Wow, jailbreak! What a pain in the neck. Do you have to do that on the horde side? I didn't do it on this character because I couldn't get anybody to do it. Do you have to? Um, do you have to jailbreak Marshall Windsor on um, the horde side? I've never done it, so I don't know oh, okay. if uh, if that's required. The only character that I have that's even keyed for Anixia is my warrior, who's still only sixty-seven. So okay. I've never. That might not done be a it. bad thing to do someday, just for the heck of it. 
Might just be- go in there and own the place at level 70. <laughs> no, oh, seriously, well. because I solo Blackrock. I go in there and I, I – um, because I'm a mage, I can go and visit in certain places. And I just farm bosses for, like, blues. Oh, what am I thinking? Um, My my warriors is attuned for Blackrock. All that's required is killing the general at the end there of uh, Ubers and touching the little stone at the end. So what, yeah, what requirements are actually left? You've got um, Moncor, mm-hmm. um, a Blackwing Lair. Anixia. Anixia. Uh, Nax. And Which I isn't really much of an attunement. It's more like you've got to get rep. rep. And they they may be changing since Nax is going to be sort of reborn in the expansion. They're going to be doing something different with it. I, I wonder what mm-hmm. they're going to do. I don't know. It's not going to be Argent Dawn because no. there's no way to get Argent Dawn. Well, I mean, there's the old ways to get Argent <coughs> Dawn, and they've even doubled the <coughs> um, the rep gains for doing Argent yeah. Dawn. So it shouldn't take you quite as long, but... It's kind of ridiculous to ask a bunch of probably by the time that they get to doing next Ramus Reborn level 80 characters running around EPL and looking for bone <laughs> fragments. I mean, that's going to be a little ridiculous. <laughs> you want to do strat? <laughs> Let's do strat. <laughs> uh, that would be a little silly with a bunch with a bunch of eight with level 80s running around. <laughs> Uh, some sad note uh, today. Yesterday, Gary Gygax died, and he was considered to be the father of the uh, role-playing games. And even though he didn't write Dungeons & Dragons on his own, he is considered to be the front-runner of, uh, of all the games that have come out since. And nothing would be out if it wasn't for Dungeons & Dragons, so we tip our hats to him. And uh, I, I said on Twitter... Yesterday, I said, you know, I think what we should do in memoriam is just all, you know, get our books out of the closet and roll a character. <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about D&D in the last show briefly. Mm-hmm. We were basically just geeking each other out about having played it out of the little pasteboard boxes before the player's handbook even came out. Yeah. But, yeah, he was uh, definitely one of the pioneers of paper-based role-playing, to which... Pretty much all the other games and online role playing really owed a de- owed a debt of gratitude to all that. Yeah, because many of the conventions in later games and in role playing games were born out of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh sure, uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic for the um, for the Xbox that was based on D twenty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's sort of an end of a. End of a legend in our own little our own little sphere. Yeah. So with that, we would like to bring you the first, hopefully, in the series on class roundtables. Um, just a quick note here about the audio. <clears throat> I echo for only a few minutes. It doesn't last the entire thing. Uh, there was a setting that I had missed when we started recording, and I fixed it a few minutes in. So I'd like to welcome everyone to our inaugural segment of class roundtables to try to keep things manageable because this is a brand new technical thing for us we're trying to record this on ventrilo this is the first time we're using this um we did decide to keep the group fairly small 
but we have some really good people with us. We are going to be covering Druids in this segment, and Mm -hmm. I would like to thank our Druid guests for coming, and would like to ask them if they would introduce themselves. Today we have Andy and Nick and Washburn. So, Andy, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Hi, my name is Andy. I am a uh, feral druid on the Lightbringer server. Server name is Bright Eyes. (laughs) And that's important. uh, Yeah, Nick. Uh, My name's Nick, and I am also a feral druid. I go by the name Plain Reaver, and I'm uh, on the Whisperwind server. And last but not least, Washburn. Okay, I play Washburn, a level 70 Resto Druid at the moment, um, and I also play on the Wishpoint server. So anyway, it sounds like we have uh, more Ferals than Restos. Uh, we unfortunately could not get a Boomkin uh, to to come on, mainly because I'm not even sure I know too many Boomkin anymore. Everyone seems to respect Feral. Um, yeah. So, you know, just... I'm going to start throwing out some questions, and anyone can jump in. But um, what attracted you guys to the Druid class, and why do you continue to play one? Well, for me, it's always been the fact that I like characters that have a lot of versatility. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the main descriptors uh, in the original description of the Druid was that it was a jack-of-all-trades. So Mm -hmm. I had actually leveled a, a hunter to 60 prior to starting my Druid, and I was also interested in... Um, initially I was interested in trying a caster class, which is in- funny since I, I never specced balance or resto. I've <laughs> been a feral druid from the start. Uh, but I liked the same the same thing. Uh, the fact that you could heal, you could do damage, you could even tank. Um, that was really attractive. And that I think it, being completely different from a pure DPS class was what interested right. me. For me, um, I started as a druid on... Uh, Warcraft 3, so uh, yeah. uh, bringing it over to here was a little bit different, uh, kind of different, obviously different play style, but I started off as uh, a balance, more or less, just putting points into God knows what, <laughs> but um, I think what really drew me to the class was the ability to change forms and just be able to get it out of different things, you know, different situations and not have to be... Uh, stuck to saying, as a warrior back in the old days, was just a tank and uh, priests were just healers. So I like the aspect of being able to do everything. The reason why I the reason why I started playing a druid, even though I don't play a druid anymore, is just because it came from uh, EverQuest, and and like Andy said, it's it's just jack of all trades. So that's what I liked about it. But why did you stop playing a druid? Because, because I just got, I just got tired of healing. Tired of healing. <laughs> I couldn't solo. <laughs> I, couldn't solo. <clears throat> I mean, really, that's all, I mean, really, that's all it was. I was just tired of soloing. And, and, soloing, and, and, and soloing is just painfully druid on a rest of druid. Well, I always told you you could respect a feral if you wanted. Well, yeah, but well, at the yeah, time but I was doing Nax. So, um, so um, but back then there was no such thing as a feral druid that was actually viable in Nax. Um, so let me then throw this question out to you, feral druids. Then, um, what do you think of that assessment, and what do you think changed? I think it's a hundred percent correct. Uh, I spent the first what two years uh, uh, playing my druid as resto spec, well aside from leveling. Um, that's kind of what we did: spam healing touch and keep pots up. That's 
that was our life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually, I kind of missed all that because I, I was a bit slow in my leveling um, prior to uh, the expansion, and so I hit six level sixty, I think, three weeks before the, or three or four weeks before the expansion came out, and so I, I never really experienced that. I was feral from level ten to level seventy. Um, okay, so what do you think are the particular strengths or weaknesses of the druids as they stand now? I know a lot's changed over the years. Uh, they've made some really pretty radical changes to some of the of the druid trees, but what what are the good and bad points of the class? I think uh, you could just still argue that they are really solid healers. I know um, recently running into a lot of resto druids in, say, arenas or PvP, in general, they can mm-hmm. just really aggravate you because <laughs> they are powerful heal over time healers, and um, I, that's one of the the strong suits to the resto side. Which, although I've never actually spec that, I would say another strength is that in a group, you know, with a ten man raid now with Kara and ZA, that having a druid. In particular fights, you might need another person to throw on heals or someone else to throw um, ranged DPS. And having a druid in the raid, I think, or in the group, it seems to be a role that they can obviously play, having all different specs where they are able to hit. Well, the strength of the druid has always been its versatility. Um, I mean, we can, with a switch of the gear, be a healer. We can be a uh, we can be a DPS and we can be a tank, and that's there's no other class that can really truly say that aside from a druid. And the downside of that is that uh, if you decide to play a druid and you decide to play one well, you're never going to have bag space in your life. <laughs> that's true. I had like four, had like four different in sets in my bags when I was playing Max. Yeah, that sounds about like me. I mean, honestly, I've got. Uh, I have all 20 slot bags, uh, four 20 mm-hmm. slot bags in my inventory, and then my bank is all 20 slot bags as well. And I, on a regular basis, have seven empty bag slots, and that's counting my bank <laughs> and, wow. and my inventory. So, I mean, I'm carrying a full healing set. I'm carrying a full tanking set. I'm also carrying a full um, kitty DPS uh, range of sets, and that goes from everything to armor reduction, haste, and just a straight-out DPS set. So, I mean, you're looking at a, a lot of gear that you have to carry. That, is, other that than, is true. Other than all your gear sets, are there other things that you tend to carry with you as a druid that you found helpful? Elixirs, elixirs, elixirs. <laughs> I assume you all use <laughs> item rack a lot, or, or whatever or, mod you like. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That is like a any... must-have mod. <laughs> well, that that brings up the question of what what do you consider to be the must-have mods for a druid? Obviously, item rack or outfitter or something like that. I would say, yeah, item rack, outfitter. Uh, to help organize your inventory for you, Mr. Plow is extremely helpful. Um, <laughs> I love Mr. Plow. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Uh, especially the little sayings. It's like a wet sack full of lasagna or something like that. Yes. Um, I, I use one view and one bag because I don't like having my bags separated. It helps me organize my gear a lot easier. And then just for like the functional side of it, um, I'm a huge fan of quartz. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
timers because druids have so many things that rely on timers, uh, almost as many as I'd say like a warlock or something, that it's you need the timers. I just started using uh, dot timer for that for healing. Um, it's decent. I wouldn't. I'm not sure how I'd rate it yet, but I mean it's effective in what I do it for. Um, one of the things that I, one of the mods I really like is the druid stat mod. Um, when you're in a raid and something drops and you have to decide whether you want to want to get it or not, it, it's good to have some sort of baseline. Although sometimes it's not completely accurate, and it, it it's based on a model that the mod maker came up with, obviously. So what they think is important is what's favored heavily. Now, is that a druid specific mod? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So other than elitist jerks, which I agree is awesomeness incarnate um what other websites do you guys find is helpful for for looking up information about your class i usually peruse uh mmo oh i'm sorry go ahead oh i was i was gonna say uh for gear and things like that i'm a big fan of emeralds uh site and i it's www.emeralds spelled with uh, two m's dot net um and it it gives you Again, based on his his calculations, the best uh, mitigation and DPS gear. It's it's specifically for feral druids. For gear itemization and stuff like that, I I, I like to play with Wowhead a lot, um, even though I know it is owned by the evil Empire Gold Farmers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it too. I, I, so it's great. I mean, it is. Uh, I I do go to MMO Champion um, and World of Raids quite a bit as well, um, just for updates, and I, I'm. Uh, I spend a lot of time on the PTR when when things come up just to get a head start on stuff. Um, I'm actually fairly lucky myself as that Elitist Jerks is kind of the only site I really need to go to because on my server is one of the main theory crafters for Feral Druids. Uh, His name is Bovis, and he's a uh, really just amazingly intelligent uh, Horde-side Druid on our server. He's just great. I'm familiar with You find that um, in doing... Theory crafting, you you have to do all the rating that goes with it because I mean nobody's going to listen to somebody who's not doing Black Temple and not doing Hygel. Well, for me, it's not a big deal because I don't feel like I'm, I have to do the rating because honestly, the entire reason I play WoW, uh, aside from you know spending time time with my friends and stuff, is to raid. I mean, I love raiding. It's what I do and it's what I enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't feel obligated to that in any way. Let's talk about that for a minute. What do you, what are the main roles today? Um, I know that it used to be, and we we kind of alluded to this earlier in the in the segment that it used to be that that resto was really the only viable uh, spec for raiding. Mm-hmm. What are the raid roles of a druid, and um, how have things changed in, since the expansion? Well, you definitely have two feral druids here, so obviously. Um... <laughs> Tanking has become a, a, a much more viable thing for, for druids to do. Um, and in, in addition, as a well-specced feral druid, you can both tank and do fairly good uh, melee DPS in cat form with the right, mm-hmm. right talent choices and the right mm-hmm. gear. Nick, we have, two, um, we have two druids running Kara now, right? You and um, Yovel, right. So he's he's our main tank, and I'm the off tank, <clears throat> off DPS, off healer, <laughs> and and that goes to show how how adaptable feral druids are. 
Yeah, I don't even think we uh, we ever had a warrior in uh, in Kara, did we? Uh, briefly. Well, with, the with the changes to fear mechanics, you don't even need one anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually been a little bit of a, a discouraging. Um, I, my warrior has kind of languished at 67 because I just haven't really taken her up there. It, Druid seems to be the way to go for, for tanking these days. Well, uh, considering that I haven't been able to do that much of raiding, um, mm -hmm. I can tell you from a 10-man perspective or even multi mm -hmm. with multi-tanks, having a Druid now, it's I believe as a Restel for me, it's... It's mm -hmm. made it much easier with the adding of Life Bloom, which is mm. our bread and butter now, I believe, as a as a healer, being able to have yep. that tick off. Now, for those who are not druids, who are not familiar with Life Bloom, i.e. myself, what is Life Bloom? Uh, Life Bloom is a hot that you, stack, you can stack up to three times on mm -hmm. uh, a tank or anyone, and I've don't have what it ticks off for in front of me each each tick, but at the end of it, it blooms and gives a big burst at the end. But as a druid, you, as a light, as a resto, should I say, you don't really let it. Not supposed to let it tick and bloom. Mm -hmm. Supposed to just keep stacking it, and not letting it run out. I, I definitely agree with Nick that uh, our role is, especially as feral druids, has changed quite a bit uh, since mm -hmm. since the uh, release of Burning Crusade. Um, we can be, you know, very effective tanks. And, Renata, I completely understand how you feel about, you know, what's the point of playing a warrior tank. And uh, speaking as somebody who actually has a prot warrior, a 70 prot warrior that raids as well, um, it, it's a completely different beast. Uh, and prot warriors have utility that a feral druid will never have. We, we bring a lot of utility with improved leader of the pack, combat reses, innervates, things like that, where if you do your macros right, barely interrupt your DPS. Mm -hmm. We apologize for the baby torture in the background, but uh, <laughs> twins had um, booster shots, and uh, therefore we there will be a little bit of, uh, of, of unhappy baby going on in the background. <laughs> um, what Now, do people still feel that druids can't tank? I mean, I mean, are there, there are still players out there that think, oh, my God, you know, a druid can't tank because, you know, he's not a warrior. I mean, do you still have to – I mean, gr granted, not in your own guild. You're not going to deal with that because people will know who you are. But outside the guild, do you still find ignorant people that just don't understand that druids can be good tanks and can be good healers? Those people are usually right next in line to the people who think that prop paladins can't tank. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're out there. That's true. Oh, sure. There have been a lot of changes to the Druids in the past several patches, and especially since the expansion came out. Um, what changes to the class do you think have had the most effect on your everyday play? For me personally, um, the some of the, the abilities to, to generate threat, and um, it, it, it was an incredible increase in the ability as a, as a Feral Druid to generate threat. Um, important, obviously, for tanking. Um, mm -hmm. But things like the introduction of Mangle and Lacerate, those those really changed your role in a in a uh, in a raid or even in a five man situation where you you did become a viable tank. I agree with Nick. I, I think that Mangle and Lacerate were the uh, defining changes to the Feral spec uh, 
uh, for Burning Crusade. Uh, the other thing that I would say has been uh, the the reworking of Dire Bear form, uh, increasing the armor that we're given, uh, giving us better benefit from dodge, uh, from agility to dodge. Um, also, uh, the the tiered token sets, um, allowing you know multiple uh, spec sets for tier four, tier five, tier six, etc. That is a nice addition. Do you find that you have to sort of roll on different pieces, like or multiple multiple pieces? Like, do you have to get like two pairs of gloves, or maybe two pairs of shoulders, because you know you might have a healing one and you might have a um, like a tanking one? Oh God! If it was only two. <laughs> well, well, I meant I meant more than one. I mean, you know, obviously two or three, because like with mages, unless you're frost or fire, or well, and in some cases arcane, you're really only picking one, and probably the same thing for warlocks and and, and other classes. But I find that um, people make jokes about what drops for the druids, and because I haven't played a druid in so long, I don't really know if. if you have to have like if if you put gems in in one for healing and gems in another uh you know for tanking um one of the great things about uh the itemization of loot off of bosses these days is that there are pieces out there which while they may not be as good as the tiered gear they're replacement pieces so as a mm-hmm. feral druid i still have 1800 healing um, wow. But I don't have any tiered gear for that. It's all I'm just random way. loot pieces. Hmm. I have every piece of healing leather, but but one piece from Karazhan, and that's because we don't have a dedicated resto druid in our in our group. And that puts me up around I think I'm around around thirteen hundred plus healing now. Wow, that's good. Jeez, you have more plus healing than I do on my resto druid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of funny too because <laughs> definitely it is kind of funny because it seems like uh, Blizzard did that intentionally too to uh, give off specs a way to gear up uh, their their off spec needs. If you could tell a Blizzard dev one thing that they should change about your class, what would that be? From the resto point, real quick, I think that my only problem is I know they're still working on it, but. Um, with not being able to cast uh, Remove Curse in tree form, mm. it's they they fixed the poison, and I heard that in the PTRs that it could be rumor. I haven't been on the PTRs that they're working on maybe casting all restorations or some form of it. But the Remove Curse, I'm consistently in a raid. If there's a mage, we have one mage for whatever reason, uh, and a ten man instead of letting him get stuck. Decursing ten people, I'm popping out of tree form every three seconds to decurse, and then mm-hmm. back in the tree form to throw hots on. So I think that would be the for me personally would be the biggest thing for me. I, I can confirm that they are uh, actually that one of the changes on the PTR to Tree of LOL. Um, I'm sorry, Tree of Life uh, is that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I like them. They keep me alive and they dance funny. Um, <laughs> one of the changes is that you will be able to cast all restoration spells uh, while in Tree of Life form. Um, oh, yeah. Although I think the Remove Court Curse is still a balance spell, isn't it? Yeah, I would believe so. 
And that, and honestly, I, I think that they have to set some limitations on it because Tree of Life does have just an amazing amount of capability, an amazing amount of utility. Uh, giving them that in, in addition might be a little OP. If I had to uh, have one thing on my wish list, it would be a viable interrupt as a tank. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's one of the, the big problems that our group ran into uh, progressing through Karazhan. We didn't have a rogue for a long time, um, and our interrupts were things like uh, counter spells and silences. And uh, We have Bash, and we have Feral Charge, which will interrupt, um, but a lot of mobs are Bash immune, and in order to Feral Charge, you have to be standing away from the mob, which is not good for your tank. Hmm. Now, do you have to be out of combat for Feral Charge? No, Feral Charge is... is kind of like Intercept and and the Warrior's Charge mm. all rolled into one. One thing that can help with that uh, is uh, the Season 3 gloves, Arena gloves, if you have a chance to yes. get them. I, I do have those, um, but I I equip them, obviously, for my cat form. Um, right. and it's been great help in in the Shade of Iran fight, where you don't necessarily need a tank anyway. Yep. Now, what's great about the season about the season three arena gloves? Oh, sorry, they it adds the ability when you use the um, cat stun uh, maim, it will actually interrupt spell casting, even if even if the mob is immune to uh, immune to the the stun effect itself, and it, oh. it's essentially a silence, really? which is great for PVE, oh, nice. but it does not work in PvP, unfortunately. It's oh, okay. not at all. <laughs> oh darn! It's very ironic, much like the Druid class. Well, well, let's talk PvP? about PvP for a moment. Uh, yeah, that's where I was going with it too. Yes, since since we mentioned PvP, um, do you guys do PvP, and um, how do your roles change when you're in a PvP situation? I uh, PvP on a limited basis personally. Um, as a feral, we kind of stink in arena. Uh, for <laughs> BGs, we're great. I mean. We just have like 50 million rogues sitting there beating on us, and we dance around and like bash and feral charge, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, you throw uh, the Torin racial stomp in there, and you've got a problematic class for, for some people. <laughs> Damn you, Torrens. <laughs> I would say the one thing that I've learned in just regular uh, battlegrounds, not arenas, that to put yourself in tree form is kind of like to walk around not in shadow form as a priest. It's like instant target. <laughs> mm. <laughs> there was there was one so, I was doing Altrack Valley. Um, no, not Altrack Valley. Um, Warsong Gulch about a week or two ago, and this druid had the flag. <clears throat> he was in bear form, and I guess it was the timing of the druid. What, what, I, to tell you the truth, I mean, it's been so long since I played a druid. I don't know what he was doing, but he was he was able to stun me more often than it was for me to be able to blink. Like, like I couldn't get away from the guy because like his, whatever he was doing to stun me was like a second or two faster than it was for my cooldown for blink. So it was extremely imbalanced as, as far as me being able to, I mean, I could do damage to the guy, but um, the, the way the timings worked out, I mean, it just wasn't going very well. Sounded like you were up against a druid who had. Sounded like you were up against a druid who had a uh, Fuhrer and was just shifting and had a bear. Mm-hmm. 
bash uh if he was stunning you the the bear stun is bash and that is a one minute cooldown oh is it he's yep. doing something i don't know what but, well anyway like he uh, wasn't able to kill me and i wasn't able to kill him it was just kept going and going and going and it was, it was just a real <laughs> problem druids and mages honestly a, a druid should beat any mage except for a palm pyro trinketed mage in my opinion um but yeah, we we are kind of a foil to a lot of your your guys's uh, strengths though uh, so don't feel too bad there <laughs> One of the things I've always wanted to do on this show, which I've just never gotten around to it because there's so many classes, is, um, you know, class versus class. You know, try to take a look at some different classes and say, okay, you know, mage versus warlock or paladin versus druid. And, and you know, what are the, the what are the problems in, in defeating one in, in PvP battlegrounds? Well, let's, let's just take that format as a question to you guys. What are the classes that you hate? meeting in a PvP situation. <laughs> Paladin. Warlock. Resto Druids. <laughs> <laughs> so no uh, no real consensus on this one. I agree. Paladins suck. Uh, oh, warlocks and, like and warlocks. Paladins are, are both unpleasant. Warlocks, they, okay. they fear Yo-Yo-Yo and um, so many, they have so many hit points and, and so many ways to <laughs> add hit points to themselves. And also can banish you in tree form. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now look what you did. Great. <laughs> Another informed warlock. We don't want any more of those. Um, <laughs> so what else? I, what, I, tell me what else you dread about warlocks. Uh, you the, fear, uh, the fear thing. Yeah. Uh, you know... <laughs> As you get up in resilience, the dots don't hurt too bad. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's feeling, you know, it's like once you pop your trinket, you know, it's just, you have no control. Uh, Unless you get a, unless a feral druid gets the drop in cat form on a warlock and manages to uh, stun, then get a couple shreds off, then maim, then power up for another shred, and then shift to bear and interrupt a cast, you know, you're... Mm -hmm. And by the way, that is the the magic formula for feral druids to beat a to beat a warlock. By the way, um, yep. Unless you're able to do that, then you don't you don't stand a chance against them. And I, I will echo the paladin thing because I, I just don't have five hours to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and a, yeah, a good retribution pally can put out some significant damage. So. Combined with the stuns and and the, shield. I don't know about the damage. I just don't like it when they judge wisdom and light on me. That's just kind of like saying, <laughs> "Oh yeah, give me health I and mana." That, that's why I love my my. This is off topic because I'm talking about playing a warlock or a hunter, but I love to do anything that drains a uh, a, a paladin's mana because it's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> I, I will agree with that, especially when they're blood elves. <laughs> uh, for for those of you, um, for those of you, for people that might want to start a druid, what pieces of advice would you give them as far as starting off, and maybe uh, what trees would they should they take after they hit level ten? <laughs> Tree. Tree form. 
I I would no, personally should they start say, balance. Yeah. Um, I I started balance, but then again, like I said earlier, I started balance and then put points everywhere, not realizing that you need to pretty much stay with one tree. But I think for someone starting off is you need to get to level 20. Don't give up on your druid till you get to level 20 and actually experience cat form. Yes. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. The first first druid I played was a, a night elf druid on a, another server, and I got bear form and thought that I was going to be a DPS monster, and because you know you're a bear for crying out loud, but <laughs> bear you, is you, for fight. It, it is it, it is for fight, but it's for slow fight. <laughs> yeah. Cat cat well, really is where it's at as far as leveling. I've I've said it before that what I I came from EverQuest and and um, EverQuest druids did you know pretty decent DPS and they soloed really well. So when I came to WoW, I was I was soloing very very slowly. I'm thinking, oh, this is normal. I mean, it was just like EverQuest. And then I realized that I, I, was, <laughs> I was making the same stupid you know noob druid mistakes. That that's why I. Um, I would have to tell people, yeah, get to level twenty first before you make judgments on on playing a druid. Now I have to admit, I have started several druids. I've never gotten one past twenty five. The reason being, it just you know maybe I should start one now that I haven't started one in over a year. Um, maybe I should start one now, now that I'm more experienced with various parts of the game. But it just seemed to me that there were so many damn decisions to make. It wasn't an easy yeah. class to play, and it just seemed as though it was almost like I was handed too many possibilities, and I just didn't know what to do with them. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that this is not an uncommon problem, and what advice would you give to folks like me? Um, farm a lot of gold so you can pay for respect bills. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, honestly, uh, the druid is actually perfect for a person like that because we offer, as long as you're willing to put the, the time and the effort into getting the gear for it, uh, you can do almost anything. And, and you know, boomkins are the single, uh, the highest single target DPS in the game. Um, they've got a threat dump, but, you know, they can <laughs> out DPS anybody on a single target. Uh, and they can tank. Feral druids. Yeah, and they can tank on Mulgar um, or Leo. Uh, feral druids, once again, just have that amazing versatility where you can kind of do anything. Not, not you know, as good as a pure class, but you can do almost anything. And then resto druids are just—they have restoration druids have the best heal in the game. Uh, Life bloom is the absolute best heal in the game, uh, hands down. I mean, anything you want, you can find in a druid. Really, I have it's to just, take my. You gotta have patience for it. It's all resto tier three gear from Nax, so she she's gonna have to be a healer. But uh, it, the way you're making it sound like I might want to try it again. Oh man, though, I love that tier three gear too. That is just nice looking gear. It was. Um, the only problem is that I, I missed. Um, I, I missed getting the the helmet by like five DKP, and I never got a replacement. So I still have those stupid tier two horned the the moose antlers it, it, and that's actually uh my my complaint to the devs since i didn't get to say that earlier i'm going to say it right now uh, come on with the armor antlers and leaves and everything <laughs> antlers and leaves 
I, I don't want a freaking flower growing out of my shoulder, you know? No feathers. <laughs> no. I, I know we're one with nature, but come on. <laughs> this is a question with the I've landscaping? had. Sorry, Ren. No, this no, is a question ahead. I've okay, had go as, ahead. As, a, as a druid. Do you guys feel that they should do something with the bear form and the cat form with the armor? Showing what you guys, instead of saying, okay, you can only see us in our caster form. Oh, I'd have to. I, I do. That, yeah. Absolutely. I, I've always wanted them to give uh, more customization to the avatars. And I've got a baby here. <laughs> Babies! <laughs> I've got two Special babies here. Guests. They're saying goodnight. One second. Goodnight. Even from the perspective of other players, it, if a druid is in bear form, we all look the same. The night elves mm-hmm. are a little smaller, but um, you can't tell what that really? person is wearing. And therefore, oh yeah, they're, they're a little bit smaller. And I think they're more of a gray to our brown. Um, I also but wish you can't look the... at a feral druid and, and tell what they're, what they're wearing. It would be, be nice if you nothing. could pick your bear form also. Because one of the be other nice. objections that I had in my, in my young druid days was how do you deal with switching from the camera angles between, like, a slim oh. night elf and this giant bear ass? <laughs> I mean, I, I I found that when I was in, in the appropriate cast, I was in the appropriate camera angle where I really liked to, to have my character, and then I changed forms, and this giant bear butt would be taking up the entire screen. So I think it would be nice to be able to choose a bear form. So the, you could, didn't have to have that obstruction on your screen. That is why I always play completely zoomed out if I'm not an instance. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it, it does cause problems sometimes. Uh, even in instances, you'll switch forms and all of a sudden you can't see anything. Because <laughs> that big furry <laughs> butt is right in your face. And, you know, I, I did play you, you play You play zoomed out. It's just... In in cat form, it's not so bad because you're a lot smaller. But in bear form, as I said, it's just it's it's so big. Put the bear on a diet. Just slim it down a little. Well, you know, night elves are really tall, so when they go down in the all fours, it kind of just spreads out, and you know, <laughs> and, and I I don't know. I mean, I guess we could have like teddy bear form instead of dire bear form. <laughs> It may not um, be as bad for me because the male Torin is also rather large, as as the model goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I'd, true. I used to play a Torin hunter um, uh, pre BC, and I, I loved the the racials and stuff. But gosh, just some of the situations you're in, the 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 collision is just not good. I have a female Torin hunter, and she gets stuck in doors a great deal. Uh, both from yeah. shoulders and from any time she has a one-handed large weapon, like a, uh, well, a two-handed weapon, like a two-handed axe or a polearm. She can't get through doors. She gets stuck. At, I've died in the elevator in, in Undercity. It's a pain in the butt. Uh, oh, who hasn't died in that, though? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. It's a rite of passage. Um, so, you know, I know that, that all of you have experience playing other classes. How would you rate... Leveling up a druid as compared to leveling up another class. 
Uh, for me, it's been over three years since I've leveled up a druid, <laughs> so I don't even remember what it was like to level. Um, <laughs> I I was one of those very clueless people. Uh, I had points. I didn't even discover talent points until like level thirty. So <laughs> I had points everywhere when I finally discovered it. And I'm like, oh, what's this do? Ooh, ooh piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. You know, so <laughs> true confessions on World of Warcast. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I don't remember. Uh, I, I can tell you that. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, I, I have. Uh, I, I've gone back and I've done some old quests recently uh, that I never completed on my druid uh, that I have done on other characters, and, and it was just infinitely easier on my druid than it was on other characters. That could have something to do with the BT gear, but. It also. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you think? Know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But. Uh, <laughs> it's the same um, thing with my druid at so, 60. It's like I can't solo as, as a resto. It's just it's impossible. I tried. Respect Feral. It helps. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I got all that you. wicked tier 3 gear. Actually, you got yeah, that tier 3 a- gear. Um, you should respect the balance and just farm in that uh, because it has the spell damage added onto it. No, oh, I never noticed that. Hmm. I always looked at healing. Yeah, because when... Yeah, well, they, they remember in the last patch, they changed all the plus healing gear to include uh, whatever it has for oh, plus healing. Right. It has half of that for plus damage. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you respect as a boomkin, and maybe that's a good piece of advice for any lagged resto druids out there who are who are facing the same soloing <laughs> job, is look at your gear and see if maybe you could respect boomkin. Yeah, I missed that. Go battle chicken. So, are there any other dumb dru- dumb druid tricks that you can think of that uh, you could give to our listeners to help them with their various druidic problems? Um, macros are your friends. Uh, if you're feral, uh, you need, 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 need to learn how to power shift uh, and rar bomb if you do world PvP at all. Mm. What are rar power shift awesome. and rar bomb? Uh, with uh, with uh, the talent of Fuhrer, uh, you uh, anytime you shift into Bear, you automatically gain like ten rage, and every time you shift into Cat, you automatically gain sixty en- or forty energy. I'm sorry, which when you time it correctly, you can actually gain sixty energy within like a second. Um, so basically, you can go from zero to sixty energy inside of two seconds, almost. Uh, which oh. any druid or rogue will tell you is very nice, and it actually will boost your DPS by, I'd say, at least about 10 to 15% if you do it correctly. And this this was made possible by the change in the mechanic that all the shifts are now uh, dealt with client-side, so it's almost like an instant shift. Um, yeah. so well, it, it could... was possible before, but you ended up with a lot of... Uh, lag right. uh, and the client side uh, the, and by client side he means it's all done server side so we don't actually see any of the lag anymore um, it, it basically it looks like it, you just see a poof and you're still in cat form mm-hmm. you just have to m- make sure you do it when the global cooldown is not going or you'll get stuck in caster form correct and the rar bomb so yeah that's what I was just going to ask what's the rar bomb <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, essentially, the rar bomb is again makes use of the the Fuhrer talent, um, and what you do is you fly up in the air, and either your 
your bird form or on your flying mount, and if you time it right, you can shift out of bird form, you'll have the global cooldown, but then you can shift into bear form, at which point you'll have enough um, enough rage to charge someone. And if you charge them before you hit the ground, you don't take any damage from falling. So you can come literally out of nowhere, out of the sky, and a bear is charging you. It's, oh, like, it, it's like having a piano, a piano dropped on your head, <laughs> on except your that head. piano has hair. Have you guys ever heard of drop bears? No, no I've, I've never heard of I drop bears. I take it not. Okay, drop bears. Kryler was telling me about this just today. Apparently, drop bears are a Australian urban legend or urban myth. It's something that they tell people about, um, to tell gullible tourists that there's this basically this big type of super koala bear that hangs out in eucalyptus groves. And the whole per, the whole thing that he does is he lies in wait for unsuspecting tourists to come through and they'll drop on them and eat their head. And there's all these <laughs> things that they tell them to do to avoid drop bears, like sticking forks in their hair so that the tines are up or smearing Vegemite behind their ears because this will repel drop bears. This is so popular. <laughs> yeah, and well. apparently this is... This is a popular thing. There's a there's a some Australian band that's called Drop Bears, and so that's it made me laugh because Kryler was just telling me about that today. So what the roar bomb is is basically a drop bear. We are. We will drop from the sky and eat your head. <laughs> it, it has the added benefit that there's the comic relief where if the uh, druid mistimes it, they end up splattered on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, That's never happened to me. <laughs> never, no. <laughs> uh, I don't ever have that happen when I'm in Hala, ever. Or or mistime the. Uh, my favorite is when I'm when I miss aim the raw bomb and I actually go flying uh, off the the cliff in the grot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long, embarrassing fall. Okay, well, um, kind of as a wrap up, um, Andy, you have something to plug here. Yes, I do. Uh, my friends and I have been fortunate enough to be part of the documentary Second Skin, which uh, Starman and Renata have both mentioned multiple times on the show, and they are also a part of. Um, it's going to be debuting at the South by Southwest Film Festival March 7th uh, at 9 p.m. at the Austin, Films, uh, the Austin Convention Center. So please, uh, guys, this is a great, uh, positive uh, fair and impartial, impartial representation of gamers. Uh, <laughs> probably the first one that we've ever seen. And uh, I would just love to be able to rub this in Joe Learman and uh, Jack Thompson's face. So come <laughs> out and support this project, guys. I, I you know, I, there's a lot of passion behind this project from uh, from yeah, the, dire- the director, Juan Carlos, uh, and the producer, uh, Peter, uh, and uh, the writer, uh, Victor. Um, they've they've just invested their life in this, and I, I think we should all be there to support it. I I am trying, but um, I, that's such a terrible weekend for me. For I, I've got two personal things going on that very same weekend. 
so I don't know if I'm going to Yeah, be able unfortunately, to Austin. Austin's a, is a fur piece for me to go. But uh, if you'd like to see more information about it, their URL is www.secondskinfilm.com. You can view their trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really cool. I was, I was really impressed with it. Ren and I are not in it, but Andy is. Oh, you guys the, are in the trailer. The trailer. No, the trailer. Oh, the trailer. Oh, not yeah. the trailer. Yeah, we're yeah, in the movie, but we're not in the trailer. And also, if anybody ever has Druid questions and they feel like asking them, feel free to stop by on the Lightbringer server. Uh, Bright Eyes is the character name. B-R-I-T-E-E-Y. Yes. And if you have any further Druid questions, one thing we're going to be doing as we do the class roundtables is we're going to be setting up forums for each of the class roundtables. So... There will be a Druid forum by the time this goes live, and uh, you can post your questions there and discuss the Druid class. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to thank um, all three of you for coming on, Andy, Washburn, and Nick. Uh, really appreciate you guys putting up with our technical glitches. <laughs> We've had several in the recording of this. Yeah, I, and I don't know what's uh, going on telling us all about your class, and uh, I really appreciate you guys making the time for this. Thanks for having us. Well, once again, we'd really like to thank our guests, Andy and Nick and Wash, for coming on and helping us with this little experiment, as much a format experiment and a technical <laughs> experiment as anything well, that's else. That's for sure. So once again, we'd really like to thank them for their time and uh, being willing to come on and do this experiment with us. I do have a mod of the cast this week. I have been trying to remember to do this for two or three episodes now. But this was definitely a big help to me while I was doing the reputation experiment. And the mod of the cast is called Quest Helper. Just came out with a new version of it, as a matter of fact, because it was briefly uh, abandoned. And someone else has picked it up and is maintaining it again. Quest Helper puts all of your quest information that you've picked up, or almost all of your quest information, and I'll talk a little bit about the bugs later, um, onto your map. So when you look at your at your map, it will have all of the excuse me, all of the pointers for where you pick where you picked the quest up. In other words, where it needs to go back to, and the quest objectives on the map. They're all connected by these little dotted lines that he calls ant trails mm-hmm. that show you the path by which you can do the most efficient loop of a zone. See, that's awesome. It's very awesome. And <clears throat> that's actually something I should have gotten before I started this uh, other mage. Oh, you don't you can you can load at any time. Oh, I know. It'll but pick it, it up from your quest log. Yeah, it will 12. it's it's very good for those of us who love to quest stack where we like yeah. to run and do as many quests as as we can in one area before doing all the turn-ins. Now, as I said, it's not 100%. There are certain types of quests it doesn't seem to pick up. Like, if you've got an item that is a rare drop off one of three or four different types of mobs, it doesn't tend to map that location. A good, an example of this is the quest for a Burning Soul Gem, which is a, an alliance quest about level 20-ish. It's in that Tower of Anthalax line where the Burning Soul Gem can drop off one of four or five different types of mobs in Ashenvale. It doesn't map that place. So there's still some things that you still have to look up the old-fashioned way. 
but especially if you're at least slightly familiar with these, it can really be great, especially if you're going into areas that you don't know very well, to be able to map exactly where to go and what's the most efficient route for, for leveling. The quest helper is also very customizable. You can set level thresholds, so any uh, quests that are above a certain level, in other words, you really can't do them now, will not mm -hmm. show up on the map. You can turn the ant trails off if you want to. I like the ant trails, <laughs> but I do know people who don't like the ant trails. And in fact, um, one of the one of the uh, women on my knitting guild actually said that she was following the ant trails, wasn't watching where she was going, and ran straight through an opposite faction town and got killed. So <laughs> be be careful using the ant trails. Oopsie. Um, you can also set it up that it will do the little arrow waypoint thing for you right in the middle of your screen. I don't like that. I turn it off. You can set it up so that it will set um, priorities for objectives. You can share quest helper information with other people who have the the quest helper loaded. It's just an incredible cool tool for streamlining your questing. Mm -hmm. And I really recommend that anybody who likes quest stacking go out, download this mod and play with it because it's a lot of fun. Cool. So if you want to contact us, my email is starman at worldofwarcast.com. Renata is renata at worldofwarcast.com. Our Skype address is worldofwarcast, one word. If you would like, please leave us a review on iTunes. I don't know what we're up to because I haven't checked it in a while. Over <laughs> but, 350, uh, I think. It's, yeah, it's some, something impressive. That's yes. Impressive. Yes, very, it's very <laughs> impressive. Um, so that's it for episode 56. Again, we'd like to thank our guests for helping us out. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Blah, 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 blah,